Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Pastor Dave? Uh, yeah? What are you doing? Um, I'm opening up a candy bar. And now I'm checking my candy bar. Take it, he's eating the candy bar. Mm, hmm. Milky Way. Oh. Yeah. And you're not sharing with the listeners? Um, well, you know, we we speak about being in room 4216 and God's present. Mm-hmm. Well, God created the galaxies in the universe, right? Yes. Well, one of them is the Milky Way. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, well. <laughs> All right. I guess with that, we should get going on uh, Luke. I guess we should. Okay. We're starting in Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Okay, excuse me, just one second, can you stop for a moment? I need another bite. Okay, go on. I'm listening. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the net. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had caught. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So, They pulled their boat up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Wow, pulled the boats up, followed him. With this, we have our most interesting. Are you thing still starting. eating that candy bar? Yeah. Do you it's realize how how 
mumbly mm. and such you sound on the... No, not really. <sighs> okay, then you tell me what you know about this, and I'll just be quiet and listen. That's a miracle. Miracle? Yeah, there's a miracle going on in this story. <clears throat> Jesus was uh, standing by a lake. Although some might not know it as a lake. Some called it the Lake of Gennesaret. Some called it the Lake of Kinneret. Some called it the Lake of Tiberias. And some, most people today, call it the Sea of Galilee. Uh, when we think of a sea, we think of salt water. And uh, the Sea of Galilee isn't a sea per se. It's a little saltier than um, most lakes. But they do catch freshwater fish there. Um, it's about 64 miles um, square, that is. And uh, it plays a very prominent role in Jesus' ministry. So Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee, and there was such a large crowd around him as he was trying to teach. And most people were there, and probably a lot of them couldn't see, and were straining to hear. And uh, Jesus was uh, standing on the water's edge, and... Uh, who knows, maybe they were pressing so much that he was in danger of falling into the lake. Well, he saw two boats there, and one of the boats belonged to Simon, and he said, please, row out a little way into the middle of the lake. He, this is after he got into the boat, and Simon did so, and uh, Jesus taught the people from there. And then he finished teaching the people, and he said to Simon, go out into deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon did so, but he said, Lord, uh, uh, this is crazy. We've been working all night, and, and we haven't caught a thing. You can imagine, they were tired, been working hard, he and his brother, Andrew. And here's this guy in his boat. He's thinking, he doesn't know a thing about fishing. Why am I doing this? I finished my candy bar. Great. That you means wanna... I can talk now. All right. Do you have anything to talk about? Well, one, out to the deep with nets that was never done. It was always in the shallows. Really? Yeah. So that's another odd thing that Jesus said, totally against fishing. And they did it at night because the fish were coming in from the deep to the shallows, and they catch them in the nets. But now it's day, and they're going out to the deep. I mean, it's doubly wrong. <laughs> so Simon would have good reason to go, what, this landlubber trying to tell me, an experienced fisherman, what to do? Okay. So, rose out to deep water. Remember, they didn't have motorboats back then. And he lets down the nets, and the nets were so full, they began to break. But the neat thing is, they didn't break completely. They should have, but they didn't. So, he had to call to his partners, James and John, come, help us. Well, even then, with two boats, the Boats were so full that they started to sink. I can imagine that wasn't a normal catch of fish. Especially from Peter's reaction that follows. Get away from me, I'm a sinner. That's the miracle. It was such a big catch. He knew it. This had to be God. So Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid. I will make you, and, and the reading in, in this Bible, in this version, didn't call it this, but, but it said, I will make you fishers of men. 
remember hearing this the, for the first time when I was in Sunday school. And I don't remember if I could see then or not. I think so. And I think there was a picture of a of a, a two guys in a boat and, and pulling in a fish. And I had the funniest picture. What, now he's going to be catching men out of the lake and has his <laughs> men on the, on, the, on the end of the line and pulling them in. And it just was a weird sense of, you know, I'll make you uh, catchers of men. But really, the focus, I almost think, should be on the first words of Jesus. Don't be afraid. The boat was so full, because Jesus did this great miracle, Peter knew God was present. And when something happens that you know God, the creator of the Milky Way, is present, you tremble and shake. And that's why he said, don't be afraid. And it's a phrase that Jesus will be using throughout this gospel. Don't be afraid. We continue now with the reading of Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him, and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So, so leprosy sounds like a pretty bad disease, but what is it? What was it? What was it? In modern-day language, you would say it's any uh, skin disease, and there are many things that would fall into that category. Technically, leprosy is uh, a deadening of the nerves. It's called Hansen's disease today. If you have leprosy, it means you can't feel anything on your fingertips. You could put your hand in the fire, and your hand would be burning. You wouldn't even know it. And that's why it always looks like uh, people in leprosy colonies are, have stubby fingers or toes. Literally, sometimes animals would chew off toes and fingers. You can't oh. feel it. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was not just that, but it was any sort of skin disease that a person might have. Well, like, okay, um, did that mean that kids with acne were considered to have had leprosy? Huh. You know... No one's ever asked me that. Uh, give me just a few minutes here. Okay, after doing a little bit of research here, mm-hmm. um, it would not be acne. 
uh, leprosy back then, skin diseases back then, would be something that would today look like a rash, um, and it would uh, be contagious, probably. Okay. Um, it would be things that would be uh, raw skin. And in fact, uh, it, a lot of references move back to Leviticus chapter 13. When somebody is seen to have uh, skin uh, issues, they're supposed to go to the priest. And the priest was supposed to look for whether the, the hair in that area turned color and whether it went deeper than skin deep. And they also put him in quarantine for a week to see if it would change. Mm. So it wasn't just a, oh, it's bad. Uh, it was to see then, is it getting smaller or bigger? And it was the things that were uh, deeper than skin deep, the things that affected that whole area, and that's why the hair would turn color. And so today, it would be skin diseases. Uh, one, for example, would be eczema. Uh, but there's many others in modern day language of skin diseases that would fit into this. And when one has leprosy back then, they were sent out of the town, out of the village, because they were quarantined away from people because they didn't want it to be handed on. So even more than the physical skin disease was the social disease yeah. of exclusion. Yeah, I, I understand about the social exclusion thing. It's what a lot of us who have disabilities face. Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes... Sometimes I think people are worried that my blindness is catching or something. Hmm. So wasn't Jesus being pretty bold to to dare to reach out and touch this man? I mean, he could have been exiled as a because of touching someone who was unclean. Yes, absolutely. Especially if he would have caught it instead of cure it. But <laughs> he's God. And so he did cure it instead of catch it. And so he felt like he didn't risk anything, but instead was showing compassion. And the, again, going back to the social exclusion, mm -hmm. that's why Jesus told the man, go and show yourself to the priest. Because he wanted to get him back into society again. Right. He was healing both his leprosy and his... Being a social outcast. Yeah, because it was a testimony to them, meaning the, the priests. Yes. And the guy could have stopped and told everyone, see, see what he did, and that's why Jesus said, no, don't do that. And even with his going straight to the priest, the Lots story spread about it. anyway. <laughs> We now continue with the reading of Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day, as Jesus was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal the sick. <laughs> I thought it was with him all the time. No, no, just keep on reading. We'll talk about that. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? <laughs> Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or mm, to say, Get up and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Uh, hold it. Can we talk about property destruction here? <laughs> Their houses and roofs weren't like ours at all. Uh, it's it's um, actually long strands of grass that are woven together or, or uh, um, tied together and just put as a bundle uh, on poles that are going across. So all they had to do is pick up these big thatches and move them aside. And those were, but they, but it said tiles. Oh, hmm, tile. Well, uh, hmm. <laughs> I was sort of right. Um, because of the word tile, it's more of a Roman construction rather than the thatch roof destru construction destruction. That's what they did to it. Uh, it is logs across, and then they would put on either thatch or these uh, clay tiles. Either way, you can move them aside and, and, and lower somebody down, and that's what they did with their friend. And then Jesus did the astounding thing by saying, Your sins are forgiven. What's amazing is it says he saw their faith. Now, how do you see faith? That's kind of like seeing electricity or, or uh, seeing uh, air move, isn't it? Well, yeah, I would think so. Obviously, you can see the evidence of electricity. It'll light a room. It'll make a music uh, through a, a radio. And so he saw the evidence of their faith. But it says they, he, he saw their faith. And because of that, he said, your sins are forgiven. Because that's what faith is about, a spiritual thing of forgiveness. It's not something we hold and exercise and do, but it's a trusting and a clinging to God. Well, that made the Pharisees really harumph. And again, Jesus saw right into their hearts. And so he said, well, what's it easier to do? Say, your sins are forgiven or get out of walk? Kind of a bit of sarcasm there. And he says, so you can know that the Son of Man... This is the first time the Son of Man phrase is used in Luke. Mm -hmm. It is used elsewhere. But uh, a Son of Man has authority. Take up your mat. Go home. And he did.
be snarky for a minute? <laughs> sure. Okay. Jesus says, what is it easier to say? Take up your mat or your sins are forgiven? Right. Well, forgive me, Jesus, literally, but <laughs> I don't want to, I don't care about my sins being forgiven. That's, that's something that's too hard for me to understand. I want to take up the mat. I want the, you to tell me that. I want my sight back. Yeah. And you know, I bet there's a lot of people today who probably think that, don't they? Whether they'll say it or not. Thanks for being snarky. <laughs> I never thought you'd say that. Yeah, well, today I am. Not tomorrow, uh -huh. maybe. Let me see. I got I to gotta take you back for a second, Cecilia. Mm -hmm. Go back to your childhood. Okay. In the first 18 years of your life, was there a Christmas gift that stood out more than any of the others? Christmas gift. Yeah. My first musical keyboard. Oh? I can still see it in my head. Yeah. It was a, a 32-key keyboard. The keys were those little small keys. My dad hated <sighs> them. Um, and I figured out that you had these chords in the left hand that, that played, and you could play in the right hand. Oh, my gosh. And this, I love that thing. And it launched you into music, didn't it? Well, I won't say that, but it, but it sure... Well, you love music, and you're pretty good at it. Well, thank you. Uh, I will say it launched you into it. And do you still have that? No. And um, if I was able to give you a 32 small key keyboard now, would you want it? Not, not, not really, no. <laughs> you know, that's how that I want my sight, I want to walk, these temporary earthly things are. Given time... When we look back, we'll realize they're not worth it. That's wait, the wait, getting sight isn't worth it? When you compare it to the spiritual blessings that God wants to give us, that is correct. Mm. And that's why Jesus wanted to demonstrate he had the power to do both. And that's what he wants to do is give us first the greater one so we can have the lesser one in eternity. If we have that now, but don't have forgiveness of sins, we're going to have eternity without him. Mm, he wants true. us to have the better and to help us see further so that when we look back, we don't go, oh, crap, I screwed that up. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be
snarky number two. Ooh, okay. Oh, <laughs> this is fun. Hmm. Uh, going back to verse 17. Yeah. Jesus was teaching, and the teachers and the Pharisees who had come from every village were uh, with him. Mm-hmm. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. I thought that Jesus being the Son of God, the power of the Lord was always there mm-hmm. for him to heal the sick and all that stuff. Okay, reread it again. Just that little phrase. The power. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Okay. The power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. Now, for, for him. him to heal the sick. Now, the, the word for and for him, it does not mean like he has to grab up and grab it. That's the way we in English often do it. It, it is more referring to that it was present at this time uh, that he was reflecting it out. It was always there. But it wasn't always in use because, quite frankly, a lot of times the people didn't have belief. In fact, this is contrasted greatly against the, the, the story of Nazareth where he didn't do any miracle except for walk away from them mm-hmm. um, because they didn't believe. Here we find that people are believing and he saw their faith and so he was willing to reflect and do this isn't something that uh, is at our whim beckon and call, but it is Jesus' gift to give or not give. And he doesn't always show it out. And I think we can see that even in our world today. Mm. Jesus doesn't always do the miracles we want him to do. But he does do miracles, sometimes through commonplace, sometimes truly miraculous things. But it's when he wants to give it. So, Pastor Dave, Mm -hmm. you said that Jesus is in the business of doing miracles, right? Yep. Well, do you think that that he could do a miracle and and encourage some of our listeners to write to us? Dear Lord, help our listeners to write to us. Oh, oh, okay, Lord, okay. Um, And here's the address, people. Uh, Jesus did just nudge me a little, said, Uh, let him know. (laughs) It is info, I-N-F-O, at... Not dash alone, N O T dash A L O N E dot N E T. And do you think he could do a miracle and bring us back again for the next podcast? Ooh, 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 ooh. I think he can. And do you think he could do the miracle of helping our people to remember? We, we are not, not alone. alone. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Theme from Schindler's List, John Williams, Itzhak Perlman, and the Boston Symphony Orchestra, 1993.